Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Off and running. Hour two here of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on the campus of LSU in front of the Athletic Administration Building on North Stadium Drive. LSU and Texas A&M tonight at 6 p.m. in Death Valley. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. I want to get to a text line at 870-870. And look, I own this. I get it. I wear it. Texter getting after me. You picked against LSU a lot last year. You're not a native. He New sure Orleans. did. He sure. No, that doesn't mean it doesn't matter about that. But the reason why you picked against them last year because you were unsure. Uh huh. You had, you didn't know what what they were going to do, and and you picked based upon the reality of the facts of what there was per game. I didn't right? pick against them every game. There no, were games like Alabama that yeah. I, I I picked them to lose. You sure did. Uh, I I did pick them to lose to Auburn and Auburn was an upset. We would agree with that. I agree. Last year. Yep, we went there. So, and oh by the way, I am a New Orleanian. I was born here. So your your guess is wrong there. I mean, look, when you're in this line of work, <laughs> when you're in this line of work and you have to give opinions on games, you're bound to be wrong in your predictions. You're bound you're going to be wrong eventually. And, and you're it, not going to get them all right. You're just not to 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 def, not defend you, but to to guess elaborate on what you're saying, but you also have to in your shoes pick based upon the understanding of what each team can and cannot do, right? Yeah. And then that's it. You're now, not I you're not basing it on because you played at LSU, no, right? Or because you played at Texas A&M or anywhere else. You're basing it because this team comes in with this record and they've been doing this for the past five weeks or two weeks or whatever it is. And the other team has been doing the same, whatever they've been doing, right? So does, and then you say, okay, logically, this team is going to beat LSU. So the, that texter won't acknowledge, though, that I'm yet to pick against LSU this year. <laughs> so I'm unbeaten. So, so, so you get the point. It's just silly. It's a silly argument to hang your hat on, texter at 878-7. I'm not, I'm not even going to call out the number just because it's not, it's not worth that. They the acknowledgement's not even worth that. Yep. Nonetheless, moving on, phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. What scares you about, if anything, about this, this matchup with Texas A&M? Just the fact that, you know, um, I, I know they're going to throw the ball. I know they're going to try to throw the ball a lot. I think that teams that can beat us, or this team this year, should try to run the ball. In Texas A&M, I don't think we'll try to do that. I think they're going to try to let Calamon, you know, three steps, five steps, and, and let the ball go. Um, so that's the only thing. If our defense can 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 get off the field, play really good pass defense, rush the passer really well, get to the quarterback, make him uncomfortable, uh, force a few turnovers, things like that, I think that will be fine. But the only thing that scares me is the fact that I know that they're going to try to throw the football. Yeah, look, at times I, I think that if I'm being objective, Texas, I mean, LSU has been – leaky in the in in the secondary on defense they've been vulnerable at times susceptible to big plays however i think that there's something about this week and dave aranda i think he's got he's got something to prove in other words he knows what his defense is capable of and they haven't really performed up to his standard this year Mm -hmm. and oh by the way this is texas a&m and they're very well understood as to how texas a&m is going to come in and try to attack 
Dave Aranda's defense. I mm-hmm. think this is probably going to be the best performance. And, oh, by the way, you can put this out there on the if you're keeping track at home. I think this is going to be Dave Aranda's and, and this LSU defense's best performance of the year. I, I think I'm looking forward to that, personally. I'd like to see it. I think they have something to prove. Like I said, he gave up 74 last year. You know what I'm saying? And they, and they that's you can't. I don't care who you play. You should never give up 74 points. So I think that Dave Aranda will come into this game with a, a, a big chip on his shoulder, and he's going to want to also avenge the way his defense played a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, so, and he wants to go into that SEC championship game. Um, um, you know, just on a high, if you will, for the defensive players. So I, I really think that you're right and you're barking up the right tree with that. I think this is going to be a really, really good game for the defense. But you, you did ask me the question, what do I think scares me sure. the most? And I think that that's what scares me the most is that I think Kellerman and Texas A&M can really throw the football, and we just have to defend it. Yeah, and, and look, the other part of this is their miscues this year have largely been due to youth. Yep. Right. Missed yep. assignments, blown blown assignments, yep. and those things are fixable. I think to a degree, maybe Dave Aranda scales back the volume a little bit defensively. In other mm-hmm. words, makes it a little bit more simple for some of these younger players. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he's tried to do in the last couple of weeks. This is not a talent issue as much as it is just missed assignments. And right. those are correctable things. It's not like you're getting blown off the ball and you just you, you got 280-pound dudes on the D-line, and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. You're not going out there and, and, and signing a recruit that's 330 that's going to play for you today. That's not the issue what LSU's dealing with. Right. They're right. dealing with missed assignments and youth. I, I like to see our defensive linemen really get a good, strong push up the, up the middle, get in the face of Kellerman, um, clog some holes up when they do try to run the football, and, and then allow um, Chasson and, and Stevens and whoever else is going to come off the edge to really make some plays – sacking the quarterback i think that's really going to help us and, and hopefully they can get a couple sack fumbles or something like that um get off the field at third downs give the ball back to the offense let them do their thing um it's going to be something really really good to see i think that's what's going to happen yeah and, and see that's a, aside from the old miss game yeah the, the lsu's given up some yards right on the ground and also yep. in the air yep but if you look at them situationally and this is where defenses can still have success even though they're not that stingy suffocating defense this is where you can still win championships if you're good situationally. Yep. If you're good on third down, if you're mm-hmm. good on – if you're winning a lot on first down, getting in third and longs, play mm-hmm. to your strengths. If you're good in the red zone, uh, if, you're t- if you're forcing turnovers, yep. getting sacks. Now, sacks has been something that's that's eluded this LSU team this year. Um, but, I, you know, again, if you're good situationally, it can make up for what you lack – in between the 20s, for example, if you're playing red, good red zone defense or if you're yep. getting off the field on third down, it can make up for that. No, you're right. You're right because you can, you, can, you can drive the field but not score touchdowns. If you can prevent them from scoring touchdowns and maybe field goals or even turnovers and downs or something like that, um, that's, that's better than giving up touchdowns any day. And, and you're absolutely correct. And I think that's one of the things that um, Coach Aranda will, will, will harp on this week or has harped on this week and get ready for this game is if we can get off the field on third downs, we're good. You know, and I, I truly believe that because this team in Texas A&M is a team that converts a lot of third downs. They, 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 they like I said, they, they're, they're one of those teams that have, they have a lot of talent, but they haven't meshed well. They have not gelled. They haven't come together for whatever reason. I don't know what those reasons are. But this game for us, like you said, has been circled for over 370 days. This is a, this is a game that, that will definitely bring out the best in each one of our players, period.
Ohio State and Michigan. Let's get you caught up there. 49-27. Uh-oh. Ohio State leads over Michigan in the fourth quarter. Ten minutes and 11 seconds to play in that one. We'll step away and come back. You'll hear from LSU coach Ed Ogeron. He sat down with our Amos Morale third. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, LSU coach Ed Ogeron sat down with our Amos Morale third ahead of tonight's matchup against Texas A&M. All right, Coach, first off, Thanksgiving week. Uh, question I had is what's a must-have the Orgeron household for Thanksgiving? Oyster dressing and gumbo. You know, the oysters are in short supply this year. Yeah, that's all right. When you're head coach of LSU, you can get, a, you can get at, least, at least a gallon. <laughs> all right. Uh, talking about Thanksgiving week, uh, you, you kind of touched on this in there, but the schedule changes up a little bit for you guys. Uh, I know obviously you want to let the kids, you know, have a little fun. Yeah. You know what? It, we have the same amount of practice, but uh, on uh, Thursday morning we're going to practice. We're going to meet at 7. They're going to be done practice around 1030, so they get to go home with their families. Uh, the players that not from around here will have a place for them to eat. And then we'll meet on Friday at 3 o'clock. So we have the same amount of practice. It does put a little bit more time on the coaches that Wednesday night they got to watch the film and get the practice ready. But our guys are used to it. All right. And then obviously a, a big matchup this weekend against an SEC opponent uh, in Texas A&M, one that uh, you, know, you basically played two games against last year <laughs> when you look at the time. But uh, just – you know, what's the uh, preparation been like for that game? Well, our guys are going to be ready, you know, and uh, watching the tape. I watched the tape from last year. This is a good football team, and uh, they've lost to some very good football uh, teams. They, they're very well on offense. They're very well coached, have a strong defensive line. This is going to be a battle for a football team. Uh, you talk about it being a battle. Obviously, you know, it's a team with a good quarterback, good running back, obviously really talented receivers. Uh, but this defense seems to have really been coming along these last weeks. Where have you seen LSU's defense improve? Well, I think against the run, you know, obviously we fit the plays uh, very well last week. Against the, the you know, Ole Miss gave us some problems on some quarterback runs, and I think that uh, we protected against the deep ball a little bit more. We got more pressure on the quarterback. We had, I think, 11 negative plays last year, last week. So we're looking forward to getting more sacks, more negative plays. That's going to help our defense. It's uh interesting you mentioned against the run. Obviously, you guys had a really talented running back to go against last week, so had to be proud to see the way the guys uh, played against him. No question. They tackled well. I thought I thought Mohampton had a good game. At his first first play, he made a great tackle on the hole. That could have been a big play. I thought our guys uh, ran around. Jacob Phillips, uh, Jacoby Stevens had a tremendous uh, game, three sacks. Uh, just uh, the guys will make a play, but they had a little chip on their shoulder from the game before. I'm proud to see that. Is there any freshman on the team that hasn't played yet this season? Because it feels like they've all found <laughs> found a way to get on the field yeah, this we, year. We've played most of our guys. I think that all of our guys that played, uh, maybe one or two have a couple. They get to the four-game limit, maybe one or two have a couple games left, and that's it. Uh, and I think we've touched on this before, but, you know, that's got to be a good thing for you to, to show off to the recruits. Like, look, you know, everybody's getting an opportunity. You know, you just got to go in there and make plays. Yeah, recruiting is at all-time high right now. The guys see it on TV. You don't have to tell them. Uh, our tight ends are catching the ball. Uh, offensive lines get a lot of credit. Defensive uh, ends are getting sacks. Uh, this is DBU. So there's a lot of good things going on right now. Our linebackers are very productive. So uh, recruiting is at all-time high right now. And then you uh, kind of touched on this in there, just about how that game, you know, you've added a two-point period on Thursdays. You know, you've looked for different plays. Uh, just how has your coaching style evolved, uh, you know, f- 
game to game even. Well, you know, I, I try to do what our team needs. You know, uh, we've cut back practice a lot. Uh, we're playing at a lot faster pace. But I demand the execution. You know, I let these guys take care of the X and O's. I coach the defensive line. I totally trust our offense. I totally trust our special teams. So we go out there and work as a unit of the team. I, I want to work with energy. And, you know, at this time of year, we've got a lot riding on the line, so our practices are critical. All right, and then I'll let you go with this one. Uh, Thanksgiving, obviously, what is Coach O thankful for this year? I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for God. Thank him for this football team. I'm thankful for the great state of Louisiana. And most of all, I'm thankful for being the head coach at LSU. I think a lot of fans are uh, thankful you're the head coach at LSU this year, too, and uh, that Joe Burrow still had a year to, to play with you guys. <laughs> Thank you, man. Go Tigers. I would agree with Amos Morale the third there that a lot of LSU fans are certainly thankful to have Coach O. And yes. I liked it how earlier in the week Joe Burrow was kind of kidding uh, with the trainer saying, hey, find me another year of – eligibility i think that this is a marriage that uh went quite well as a transfer from ohio state down here to lsu and especially if he brings home a, a championship trophy a national championship trophy to baton rouge man i think they, he would go down joe burrow would go down as one of the greatest to ever play in program history i mean the third time's the charm right you go from mettenberger to etling to to joe <laughs> and then joe actually will win the heisman trophy he's going to win the sc championship and he's going to have a very great chance of winning the national championship. And you're right, if he wins the national championship, that would be a trifecta. And then that means that he would definitely go down as the best LSU quarterback ever, period. I think, personally. Yeah. Not, not only statistically, but as far as the, the myth and the legend of, right? The only thing I'm disappointed by for Joe Burrow is where, likely where he's headed. He's likely headed to a, uh, to a Cincinnati Bengals organization that is notoriously cheap and notoriously poor, poorly run. Um, and what I mean by cheap, and that's not going to affect Joe Burrow right away. He's going to be slotted in. If he's the number one pick, he's going to get a certain amount mm -hmm. um, of, of money. He's going to be a millionaire. But I worry about his long-term development if he's going to the Cincinnati Bengals because look, look, what they, look what they did. I thought Andy Dalton was a really good quarterback coming out of TCU. Mm -hmm. I think Andy Dalton was a quarterback that – had he been developed properly and had enough talent surrounding him, could have won something, could have done a few things. But that's where Cincinnati is notorious for, and that is their inability to and their unwillingness to really spend money to surround their playmakers with enough talent. So if I'm if I'm if I'm discouraged about anything with Joe Burrow, it's the, the fact that he's likely going to be the number one pick, and he's going to go to an organization that I think could potentially stunt his growth because I think he has the potential to be one of these franchise quarterbacks. I really do. As you know, that's that's what it's all about in the NFL, right? Being picked and selected by the right team, right organization, that's going to put the right coach in hand to, to develop you. And not only that, but the, the organization has to be willing to put the pieces around you at all points in time. Now, I will say this. If Joe is listening to me or his parents are listening to me, call Archie Manning. Archie Manning will make a move and say, I'm not going to San Diego, okay? In this case, I'm not going to Cincinnati. It's going to find a spot for you. I'm telling you right now, if Arch if anybody can pull it off, Archie can pull it off. You know, that, that wouldn't be a bad strategy. I'm telling it, you. It sounds like, and look, I'm not one for temper tantrums, right? Mm -hmm. I don't like mm -hmm. temper tantrums. I don't like, and I rail on the NBA all the time because, yep. you know, the NBA, they, they have these superpower teams and they orchestrated the players' Uh, dictate to owners where they want to play, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. In this case, 
I would be I would defend Joe Burrow if he decided to make that decision. Just like I thought in, in, in when Eli when Eli Manning was coming out, right, right. the same kind of thing. Like I get it a lot. It's, it's not going to go over well because people are going to say, "Oh well, you're being a bit of a crybaby. You don't get to dictate to where you're going." But in this case, I mean, w- what have the Bengals proven? What's what have they proven that they are exactly what I just laid out? That you you go there for your career to die, basically. Yeah, I mean they don't develop. Nope. They're notoriously cheap. That's no secret. Everybody knows that if you cover an NFL team or if you if you cover the NFL in general, they rarely spend in free agency. Go look at go look look at their track record. And not only do they rarely spend in free agency, look the Pittsburgh Steelers rarely do as well. So same with the Green Bay Packers. But what's the difference? They also draft well. Those two teams opposed to Cincinnati. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking at the macro picture of, of Joe Burrow. Right. You know, and I just I just wonder. And maybe maybe he's different. Maybe he's the guy that can ultimately, you know, turn that organization around. Where, where would you like to see him go? That's my question. Like, what Any, team, anybody but the Bengals? <laughs> what about Miami? Would you mind going to Miami? I, I think I you think, think Flores is doing a good job. I think he to? would. I think he. I think he's trying to. Okay. I, I don't have enough sample size on right. the Miami Dolphins and Brian Flores. However, other than saying that. That's a team that is willing to spin. They are willing to try. They're giving it. A, I mean, like the Bengals aren't even willing to try to get it right. It'll go right. out there and spend in free agency and surround of the potential of Joe Burrow with as much talent as possible. Now that could change. You no, know, that could change. This, would you like? For, in my in my opinion, I would rather Joe. And I know this is difficult these days, right? I would rather Joe go to a place where there's an established quarterback there that's probably got two years left, three years left to play. And let him learn the system. Let him learn how to be. So an you're NFL saying you want him to go to the Saints? No, I'm not saying that. He's not going to be around for the. No, Saints. I know, I know, I know. He's not going to be the only way the Saints get him is if they trade for him later on, right? Yeah. At some point. Yeah. I think the Saints are pretty set on what what they have. I think you know, in my opinion, if the, if if Teddy Bridgewater does the right thing, which is resign with the Saints, I know he can go make money somewhere else. But Drew's not going to be here another five years, right? Three years maximum, two. You know what I'm saying? Three years, if you're lucky, I think two more, and, and that's it. Um, and, and Teddy knows the system. They know Teddy. That you know the whole deal. So we know we know what we have in Teddy. But I think I think if I think Drew, I mean Joe, can go to a, a really good team, um, like like let's call it like maybe the Eagles or or even Minnesota or something like that, right? Yeah. That the way he can play behind a guy. And then all of a sudden he'll be that guy in year three or four or five or whatever. Well, there's a reason why he's not going there is because those guys they're going to pick Lee. already have established quarterbacks and are in the playoff and mix, they're not, and they're not going to pick a, a number one. Right. But then again, you never know; they might. You know, Arizona did it last year. They picked number one yeah, last moved year, up. and then they picked another number one this yeah. year as a quarterback. Well, they upgraded, but, I should say. But they they did you know they did change coaches in that in, in at the same time. So I don't know. What about the Chargers? The Chargers are their team. That that's losing a, a a really good franchise quarterback, and I think Joe would do great there in in, in San Diego. So you think Philip Rivers is done? I think yeah, oh yeah, I think Philip Rivers will be moving on. Same with Drew in the next couple, two or three years. Yeah, a team that I think is worth watching is the Denver Broncos. Okay. In other words, if I don't know if they can get to number one, but I can tell you, John Elway, the GM of the of the Broncos, is very much is on the hot seat. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they haven't had a quarterback since Peyton Manning was there. Every every quarterback that they've had under John Elway has been a veteran guy that just didn't pan out or he's tried to draft guys, et cetera. But my point is that that's a team that has enough capital. 
they have some some resources on defense too mm-hmm. that could entice if the Bengals are willing to do so, willing to listen, that could entice them to to, to you know give them that number one pick. <clears throat> now this goes back to the very beginning, the basis of the conversation though. Do they have an offensive-minded coach that's going to be able to develop Joe in a system that's going to be friendly for him to succeed? No, but here's where it gets interesting. What if it's a Joe Brady package deal? It's not going to happen. I, I can see an NFL happen. team doing that. I'm just telling you, L- especially a defensive team, L- a defensive-minded head coach that needs some development, some an offensive mind like Joe Brady. So, I'm, so, I'm so just say, telling you, so you that's say, a real scenario. So you say they take a Joe Brady to come in there as an offensive coordinator immediately? I think that they would make him a quarterback's coach, and, and he'd, have, he'd be a passing game coordinator. coordinator. Like he is here. Yeah. So what, and I, I, what, what I'm telling you is that – I would not be surprised if the team that plans on drafting Joe Burrow makes a good run at Joe Brady. At Joe Brady. So let me ask you this. So you know a little bit more than I do, a little bit deeper with Joe Brady, right? How long was he with the Saints? Hey, three years? I want to say three years. Where was he before that? Not sure. Okay. So the reason why I'm asking you that, because does he like which game does he like better? The, pro game. The, the pro game or the college game? Pro game. So you know this for a fact. Uh, Very sure. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty certain. Okay. With that being said, then at the end of the day, if he really wants to be in the pros, he's going to make that happen however he wants to. Right. He was at Penn State before he came to the Saints. <coughs> okay. He was at Penn State 2015, 2016 with the Saints for two years, 2017 and 2018. Okay. So, so he was at Penn State, Saints, and then LSU. And you say he likes the pro game better. I think he does. Okay. All right. I, I think that there's and, and the reason why the that's caveat the, is. For every coach, the, the delineation is ultimately how much are you willing to recruit, and that sometimes no, is you're bothersome. Right. No, you're absolutely correct, and that's why I'm asking, because for me, at the end of the day, you know, if you're a college coach, you're never off. You're always on, no matter what time of the year it is, no matter what time of day it is. You, it's, ne- it's 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 never ending job for you. You have to be on the clock every day, all day. They get like I think three weeks or. Three and a half weeks off at, at, like at, at some crazy point in between spring and summer, right? And then that's it. And then after that, they're always on, literally. So I don't know if he if he wants to continue to do that. Now, he's done it before, and he's doing it again. So some kind of way they got him from New Orleans to here. And there's a reason why he's here. So if he really truly likes the pro game as much as you think he, he likes it, then he's going to find any way – shape, form, or fashion to leave here and get to the pros. Now, when that is, I don't know. And where and why, that's something different. So if you're going to leave a successful program that you have a lot to do with, right, to to, to formulate this offense to what it is today, everybody seems to give Joe Brady all of the credit, right? So if you can go one year and develop a quarterback in Joe Burrow to become a Heisman Trophy quarterback, um, and also win the SEC and potentially win the, the championship, then you're the next Lincoln Riley. Why would you want to leave and go to the pros? When you can have every bit of all control in the college game at any point in time, if you, let's say three or four years from now, he can become a head coach in college. He might not want to. Look, And, and I agree with that. What, I I tell, with that. what I'm telling you, though, is if I'm an organization and mm-hmm. I, I'm number one or number two and I got the opportunity to draft Joe Burrow. You're going to put the cards on the table. I'm going after Joe Brady with it. I got you. I'm, I'm, and look. No matter whether it's successful or not, you're just going to try I, it. I'm, I'm going to try it. I mean, what do I, 
What, what do I have ultimately to lose other than, than money? You have zero to lose. Right. Yeah. I, he, he, in a year, he's impacted Joe Burrow's ability. So why, not, why wouldn't you consider that if you're well, an organization, especially if you have a defensive-minded head coach, right, that isn't necessarily it's not his expertise? I'm bringing that guy No, I agree. I agree. I don't disagree. The other thing that Joe Brady has done for this team has also upped the ante and the level of the play of the receivers, hmm? not only the receivers but the tight end as well. And Thaddeus Moss, who's now owns the, the single-season records for catches for a tight end. So that in itself, and here's another thing, here's another caveat. The type of offense that they're running is now being run in the NFL. Yes, it is. So he can translate that from the college ranks to the NFL, and, 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 and he knows. I, I think he's gained a lot of wisdom not only from, um, um, what's the guy's name at, at Penn State? Oh, man, I can't think of his name. The head coach? Yes. Uh, uh, Franklin, right? Huh? Franklin. Franklin? Yes, Franklin. And then from Sean. And then from, you know, his, his time here at LSU with, with, with uh, Insminger as well as Coach O. He's learned so much. He's been around really good coaches is what it looks like to me. So I, I, think, I, think, I think what you're saying is a great, a great gesture. Um, I just don't know how likely somebody will be able to lure him from here. I at get this point, I get at it. this point. Money, money ultimately talks, but right. I invite you to think about the NFL trend these days. What is it? They're all hiring these young, young, young. offensive-minded mm-hmm. coaches. Yep. Look at the rise of Sean McVay, how quickly he catapulted up the ranks. And in these days, if anybody that had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay yeah. has an opportunity to be, to be a head coach in the NFL. I mean, that's how, that's how much they, they, they fell in love with Sean McVay. I think Joe Brady... His star is going to rise that quickly. I agree. I don't disagree with it. Yeah. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not Joe wants to yep. leave this to go to a more business-like atmosphere and, 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 and where your job is literally on the line every game, basically. You know what I mean? In the NFL. Yeah, I and think that's something he embraces, though. And some of those maybe guys, he does. Their egos, maybe he, he does. Their egos invite that. They, they yeah. want that. Yeah, some some guys does, and I and I think he can translate to the NFL and do, and do very very well. To be honest with you, yeah. Um, so so I don't I don't just see something to watch. Just, just something to watch yeah. this off season. I'm just curious. I got you. I got you. Nonetheless, though, but I do like the Denver. I do like Burrow to Denver too. Somewhere in that that, that AFC side. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Keep him out of the NFC. Yeah, of course. Well, of he's course. not going to make it to Tampa. Um, no, Tampa's not going to pick high enough unless Tampa wants to give up unless the farm tra- to go tra- get him. Right. Right. That's the trade. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, it's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWLAMFM.com. Text from 2008 says, to me it seems like you guys, you media guys, prop up any mediocre team like A&M and drag down any ranked team Ohio State plays. No, we're not, we're not doing that. I think if you look objectively, this is a Texas A&M team that has competed with, with, competed with Alabama. I mean, no, let me take that back. They got blown out by Alabama. Yeah. They competed with Georgia, Clemson. and they competed with Clemson. So this is a good team. And also, I think in fairness, the SEC is the slightly stronger conference as a whole. Nothing against nothing against the conference that Ohio State plays in. and nothing. Ohio State's a fantastic football team. They deserve to be in the top four. You're splitting hairs ultimately about one and two. Right. Where they're ranked. Right. What our contention is is not Ohio State. Our right. contention is the College Football Selection Committee. 
Okay, is Ohio State worthy of being number one? Absolutely. Is yep. LSU worthy of being number one? Yes. Absolutely. There's 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 no debate. Both of those teams should be could be number one are worthy of being number one. Mm-hmm. The debate comes in when the college football selection committee insults our intelligence and changes changes the criteria seemingly week to week because it's a theater, it's a theatrical performance, and it's not a true the eye test or right. or the resume or the consistency. Well, which one is it? What right. is an eye test? Right. What, what, what does passing the eye test mean? <laughs> well, I don't understand what that means. What I do understand is resume, strength of schedule, yep. wins. Statistics. Mm-hmm. Ohio State has all those. Not quite as strong as LSU in terms of top 25 wins opposed to top 10 wins for LSU. They right. have top. They have four top 25 wins. LSU has four top 10 wins. Mm-hmm. So that matters. That's what should matter. And, and, again, we're not debating whether Ohio State should be the number one team as if they're not worth it. We're debating the idea that the College Football Selection Committee changes everything week to week. Yep. And it's almost to the point to where it's really just a shell game. It's, it's, just, to ha- it's just to draw ratings. That's exactly what it is. So <clears throat> when you look at it, is it the fact that all things are equal and then they say – but the eye test tells us that Ohio State's defense is just a little bit better than 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 LSU's, right? The, okay, so so you mean to tell me you're going to throw out clearly that we've beaten four top ten teams in the season that's 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 just been a magical season for us, right? And and not only like this fairy tale season, but it's actually legitimate. Like we're not a this is not just some off the cuff deal. This is a change in who we are in our DNA as a program, literally. So now we're showing you something different, something that Dave, the committee, has even wanted us to do, change the offense, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So now that we've done that and we've shown you that we can blow people out, we can win the tough games like the Auburn 23-20, to um, you know, and and then you can go to to Tuscaloosa and be the number three or four ranked, whatever they were at the time, ranked team, in in Tuscaloosa, the way we did also at the first half, we were we we were blowing them out. They were not in the game. I'm sorry. Um, they came back in the second half and played well, like we thought they would play. At the end of the day, we won the game. Went up there to Tuscaloosa and beat them. So why is that not taken into? Why does that not have more of the percentage of the pie that 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 you know at the you know that's con- that's convinces them to say that LSU is number one now. Go back to, I go back to Coach O. I don't really care where you put me at. As long as I'm in the top yeah. four, put me in there, and I'm going to show you why I deserve to be number one. And just so I can shut you up. Because I know at the end of the day, like you said, all they want is the ratings, the ratings, the ratings, the ratings. They want people to watch every Tuesday. Yeah, and look, I know the era before this was the BCS, BCS. and a lot mm-hmm. of people took umbrage with that. I think the College Football Selection Committee is eventually – Going to be the similar the to the BCS. Same thing, exact same thing. Uh, we're, and again, I, I'll say it again. In order for this to r- truly get fixed, you got to go into conferences across the uh, across the board, and then ultimately divisions. Right. And they're in conferences, southeastern. But you, what I mean by conferences, like in the NFL, AFC and NFC, got to right. have right. Uh, either whether it's the West and the East, South and the North, whatever. However, you want to delineate it. That's ultimately what you need to do. And how many teams do you put in the playoffs? 
I think that you could take a similar model of the NFL. Maybe maybe it's bigger because the problem is that you're condensed, right? You can't play as many games as you can in the NFL because these Time are student frame. athletes right. and they're they're, mm-hmm. they're they're constrained by by certain things parameters. Well, well the the other thing is the one. I think th- eight would be a, a reasonable number. The one thing that they're constrained with is for me is the 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 pay for play, right? They, they're not getting paid to do it. So now you're adding, I don't know, let's call it four or five more games on, right? To the people who actually go to the, the championship, um, <clears throat> but the time constraints is, is is in my opinion is not there because the semester ends in the beginning of December. They can start the playoffs that that, that first week of December or second week. You get rid of the championships, the, the conference championships. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, it's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Steamrolling right along into our third hour here shortly of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, the campus of. Louisiana State University in front of the Athletic Administration Building, getting you set for LSU and Texas A&M tonight at 6 p.m. It is the regular season finale in college football, and the campus is certainly swelling a little bit, as you can tell, anticipation uh, or in anticipation of tonight's game between LSU and Texas A&M. I think give Jimbo some time, and this is going to birth a real, true rival. A&M and LSU in football. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be something fun to watch for next year's. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, we roll on here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 